Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Empire Life podcast, where we interview empire builders from all around the world, game changers, influencers, and you really, we really get to dive deeper into their story so then you can take away a lot of their strategies to start implementing into your business today. And we have an amazing, the talented Mr. Salas, Frank Salas, as our guest today. He's a strategy guy. He's behind a lot of super successful businesses, campaigns, world traveling entrepreneur. He has an outsourcing agency, marketing agency. He's also a licensed realtor and he specializes in international vacation rentals. By the way, he also loves cigars and he is a fellow Texan. <laughs> I will hand it over to him to intro himself a little bit more. Yo, what's up? First and foremost, Allison, thank you so much for having me on the best podcast out there, Empire Life <laughs> Podcast. Really enjoy the show, really enjoy listening to all the stories. And one thing that I like about this space is that you don't get the fluff. You actually go get really deep and you get to understand what makes a person tick. Why did they make that decision? What was that benefit from it? So you guys are in for a treat. I'm going to share as much as I can. And my intention is to make you aware of different ways to live your life. And you can take what you want and apply it to your life. One of the things that I used to do as a younger man, a younger entrepreneur, is I used to listen to people's stories and said, I'm going to be just like that when I should have been what do I like about this person? What don't I like about this person or whatever it is that they do? And how can I apply both of those towards my goal and my vision? And just remember, we're all climbing the same mountain, but we're all on different paths. Sometimes our paths cross. Sometimes we're completely opposite sides of the mountain. We're all going to the same place. Everyone's on their own journey. So I can't wait to share. Thank you, Frank. Yeah, awesome. So I want, I want to dive right in. And I, and I love your feedback about the podcast, by the way, too. I want to dive in and start from the beginning in you sharing some of your stories of how you got to where you are right now and whatever you feel is coming up for you, what you would like to share with us. For sure. Well, to give you an idea of what's going on right now, right now I'm in Mexico City. Uh, I live in Mexico maybe one to three months a year as a lifestyle choice. I'm constantly traveling. You are seeing my office. My laptop and my phone is my office and I made a decision to live my life traveling the world so people ask me where's home i say earth until we get to mars and they got wi-fi on mars and the moon and the space station i'm kicking it on earth uh, i don't like the cold weather at all so cold weather for me is less than 70 degrees uh fahrenheit i don't know what that is celsius sorry you guys i'm american so <laughs> you know for me i'm constantly staying in warm warm weathers and i love new foods i love new cultures i have uh, life ADD. So uh, I get bored of people, places, things, subjects, businesses, and I constantly need, not just want or desire, I need new surroundings. So for me in my lifestyle, I've been traveling around the world for the last four years. I made a conscious decision to stop being a residential realtor in the great state of Texas in Austin, Texas. What's up? Shout out to the A. <laughs> so even though Austin's an amazing place, I still love going back there. I knew that the world was calling my name. So that's my life right now. I've got several businesses, as Allison has mentioned before, um, and how I got there. So I'm 31 right now, 31 and a half right now. So uh, when I was born, got to take you all, back, all the way back to where I was born. So when I was born, 1987, in Texas, conservative Texas, I was born to a single immigrant mother who was not legal. And we were born homeless. Mama comes in. She's like, I'm having a baby. No one's there for her. It's just her. Pops me out. Doctor's like, yo, you got two hours. You got to bounce out of here. First night on planet Earth, under a bridge. 
That's how, that's how my life started. Now, a lot of people, when I share that, they're like, oh, poor Frank, poor, that must suck. And, I'm, and I think the opposite. I think the complete opposite. Because I think if you grew up in a family with money or expectations or college degrees, I think poor you. Because now you've got to fit into that mold. Otherwise, people are disappointed in you. I was born to an immigrant Mexican woman, and we were homeless. By the age of 25, I should either be dead or in jail, or at least have a few kids that I'm not responsible for. I'm 31 and having fun. So for me, everything is an upswing. I have no problem betting and going all in and taking every bit of my resource, my time, my money, and my energy to focus into what it is that I want to create in this life. Because at the end of the day, I'm going to come, I'm going to leave with the exact same thing that I came with. Zero. Everything in between is just a bonus. And if I lose it all, I didn't have to begin with. I'm playing with the house's money. So that's kind of how my life got started. Um, and to get to the uh, point of where I'm at, I started, I had to go through a, a whole journey of, you know, scarcity mindset and lack mindset. And, you know, I used to think because I was the way I am or the, my background and this and my ethnicity, my socioeconomic standards and this and all that, I used to think all this stuff hindered me. But now I've just retrained my brain to make it be my advantage. Everything that happens to me happens for my advantage. No matter what, I always find a way to think about, well, how does this make me stronger, better, faster, more, uh, more advantages in whatever market. So speaking to that, uh, fast forward, uh, you know, throughout my, throughout my, uh, ch childhood years, I used to, you know, allegedly, you know, for the, for the SEC and the FTC watching this, I used to allegedly burn CDs back in the late nineties when that was a thing. And that's how I used to make my, uh, make my first few bucks, allegedly. And so someone would come to me with a playlist and I would charge a little bit more than the other people because they knew when they came to me, they were gonna get a label, they were gonna get the highest quality bit rate, the highest quality sound, there was not gonna be any kind of like, whatever, I would listen to all the songs to make sure it had the curses because some people would edit out the curses or get curses and get the edited versions on there. So that was my first foray into getting some funds. Uh, eventually I learned programming and I created a game called Superhero Bash where you can make your own superhero, link up forces, and it was like a 2D game. I, I worked with some graphic designers. I actually made some money, about $6,000 off of it. And so I'm 14, I go to my mom, and I'm like, hey mom, I made 6,000 bucks off the internet. She's like, what? Are, who, are you ripping people off? Give that money back. <laughs> and I, as a minor, I couldn't receive those funds because I couldn't get a bank account. I had, to, I had to give it back. And so I'm like, man, that sucks. But it taught me that, hey, this is back in 2000, 2001. So this, it taught me, hey, there's something here and I'm just young enough to get into this. So fast forward a few years, I got into sales. I was selling cell phones uh, from all the carriers in college and I made a lot of money. I made about 90 to a hundred thousand dollars every year as an 18, 19 and 20 year old with expenses of like, I don't know, 10 grand a year, maybe, you know, not including school, uh, you know, living down in San Marcos, shout out to Texas state. <laughs> and, um, I was living down there, having a great time. But at the age of 20, uh, I just realized that this money's cool, but I ain't doing what I want to do. And I'm going to school and I don't really like school. I got my friends from school, but they're all going to leave soon. They're all going to get like regular jobs. And like, I'm a sales guy. I'm kind of good at this. Like I should probably start a business. So I dropped out of school at the age of 20. Everybody in my family was pissed. And I used to, I, and I let that affect me. But then I was like, wait, 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 wait. Who here pays my bills? Who here has been paying my bills? 
I don't, I don't hear anything. I don't hear nobody. You don't got, you don't pay anything. You don't, you don't provide me anything. You don't have no right to tell me how I live my life. So stop trying to make me feel bad and freaking support me. If you're not going to support me, then I'm going to have to create that space. I'm going to have to get the heck away from you until I get to what it is that I need. And that's just not with family. That's with friends, business partner, people. That's what I've learned has been successful for me. Maybe it's healthy. Maybe it's not. It's just been what's successful for me. Uh, so my first business was a spray tanning business. Uh, this is back in 2008. And we had a, you know, the little airbrush tan by a person that would get that done. Uh, I did the tans the first two months. Then I realized that women don't want to be spray tanned by this guy. They want to be spray tanned <laughs> by other women. So I hired somebody. I got into my first employee. And for the first uh, eight months, I lost two to $5,000 a month. Now I had some savings, obviously, for my you know, sales gigs you know, only three years. That was my life savings at the time. I burned through it in eight months. At m months one through six, I ate once a day. I ate a Wendy's double cheeseburger off the dollar menu back when they still had a dollar menu, not like a dollar 19 or a dollar 25 or like a dollar 89, whatever it is. Now I don't eat fast food anymore, but that was my sustenance for six months, months six, seven, and eight. I ate once every other day. Same thing. And on the eighth month, I mean, everybody had come up to me, like my friends, my family, like Frank, you did a good job, man. We applaud you. We, we see that you put the effort in, but this ain't, ain't working out and we hate to see you struggle. We hate to see you suffer. You, and your friends and family will, will come from love and, and they want to help you. But that's not what you want to hear as an entrepreneur. So you're like, oh man, screw you guys. I'm going to get it done. And what really hit me was when two women really like just said, uh, told me something. So my girl that I was in at the time, she was like, hey, Frank, and she went down the spiel. And I was like, you know what? I appreciate you telling me this, but if you tell me this again, we can't work any longer. Just because I need you to support me 100%. You can't do that. I totally get it. This is crazy. There's other people with like regular jobs and regular lives who don't work 100 hours a week and lose money every month. I totally get it. And if you want to be with somebody like that, doors open. You can stay. You can go. Just don't block the door. You know, just real talk. Had a real conversation with her. She's very receptive. And then my mom. My mom was like, you know, you gave it a shot, good try. And I was just like, like this close to just calling it in. Cause like, you know, your mom's telling you this and she doesn't like to see you struggle, struggle. You don't want to see her suffer. But I was like, mom, I'm going to remodel your house. And I just walked away. <laughs> She's like, this kid who's losing money is telling me she's going to remodel my house. Okay, whatever, Frank. So on my eighth month, I was down to my last thousand dollars. Like how embarrassing, how shameful, you know? And so... I took 500 bucks and I said, I'm going to give this to Facebook. I took 500 bucks and I'm going to give this to Google. Before I hit send on these, on these marketing applications, by the way, I was one of the first people to actually run ads on Facebook. It's brand new. And I didn't know what I was getting into. I thought about it. I was like, oh, maybe this works out. And then Google AdWords was very, very affordable back then. So I got on my knees, prayed to God, say, God, I just got a stack. It's your boy. Take care of me, man. Just, just make it work. I'll be here. And so I live, I live by, a, a, I guess, a rule, a theory, a law, a principle, whatever you want to call it, that if you want something, you just got to meet God halfway. If you meet him halfway, he'll take care of the rest, no matter what it is, halfway, you know? And I felt that I had met him a little bit more than halfway at the time. So I was like, come on, man, I met you like 60, 70%, dude, what you got for me? Come on, it's your boy. So I threw it out there that month, March 2009 made $50,000. Wow. Never seen that kind of money that quick in my life. Never. 
first thing I do, so this is where my mindset was at 20 year old kid, 21 year old now, 21 year old kid making that kind of money. I don't reinvest it. I don't even spend it on like crap. I, I do a little bit, but not much. I remodeled my mom's house. You know, I, I, I told her that I was gonna do that and I did that. So that was cool. And then I was like, okay, that was a fluke because coming from a scarcity mindset, a lack mindset, it didn't make sense for this money to come to me. It didn't make sense. Why is this money here? It needs to go away. It can't stay with me because I don't deserve this. I'm not worthy of this. I'm just this kid and blah, 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 all these negative things. Then it happened again the next month. And I'm like, no, no way. This, this can't <laughs> happen to me. And then it happened again. And then it happened again. And then it happened again. And then it kept happening. And then I realized I have a business. This business doesn't need me to run. I have traffic coming in. And, mark, and a business is only three aspects. And every business is this way. Marketing, operations, and finance. No matter what you do, sell or provide, mark, you need clients. You got to sell those clients. You got to deliver. And you got to get paid. That's the only way to run a business. And I realized that I had a system. And so from the early age of like 21, I had employees, had money coming in, automated systems, trafficking or, or traffic coming in. And I realized that I owned a system. And what I feel is that most entrepreneurs own a job. If they stop working, money doesn't come to them. But I was like 21 and kind of semi-retired. Like, it's kind of it's kind of boring, you know. I'd sit home and play video games all day, which was fun for a little bit. But I was like, okay, man, this this ain't the kind of life I want to live. So, fast forward two years after repeating that, I opened up my second location. This was in Dallas, Texas. Now we went from Colleyville, which is a, a small uh, upscale suburb of Fort Worth, Texas, where I'm from, my hometown. Shout out to Fort Worth. And you know, I moved to Dallas. We moved, we opened up in Dallas in a pretty hip happening spot and i franchised my first location by the age of 23 so it got me introduced to systems processes documentation scaling on a on a mass scale entering markets um and even though i was having all of this i still had the lack mentality so quick story uh ritz the ritz carlton invited me to a networking event with other people and i got invited specifically because i was a successful hispanic young man that's just specifically why I got invited. So I drive my 2003 used Toyota Camry to the Ritz-Carlton. I see all these cars that are there that are nice, way nicer than mine. So like, I was like, okay, I can't park here. So I go like <laughs> 10 blocks away. I find parking. I walk all the way there. And as soon as I get, as, you know, every block I get closer to the Ritz-Carlton, I see cars that I just never even fathomed about. And like, I started feeling bad. And so when I get to the door, the guy asked my name, you know, who are you with? Oh, you know, give me your badge. I just like walked away. I didn't wow. even walk in. And when I went to my car, I was just like, man, I felt shame. I felt regret. And I felt just so many things that I shouldn't have been feeling because it specifically invited me because I was a successful Hispanic man, but because, uh, because I didn't believe in myself because I didn't have that true confidence. And anybody who meets me knows that I'm a confident person, but when you, everybody has your insecurities. And as a 23 year old kid who, was way out of his league at the time, or at least felt like I was way out of my league. I just didn't even feel like I belonged in that room. And that day I made a purpose or a promise to never ever back away from an opportunity because that was an opportunity that I backed away from for no good reason. Mm. Wow. I have chills when you're talking about that. I, I've, I've not spoken up sometimes as well in some situations when I knew that, or when I was given the floor and I knew I have amazing immense value to add here and then I kind of like stepped back a little bit oh someone else can step into this 
because I felt I was out of my league too. And, and then look, yeah, reflecting on that, you always reflect and you're like, if I was out of my league, I wouldn't have even been invited there. I wouldn't even be in that room. If that was actually the truth, I was there for a reason and brought invited because that is my league. Yeah. And I I was a superstar. I was a social media marketing superstar and they wanted me, they wanted to learn social media marketing from me back in 2009 and 2010. They were like, what is this? Like, you know, you're a kid out of nowhere. You're getting all this traffic. You just franchise in the hottest neighborhood. How do you afford that rent? How do you afford that build out? You're only three years in. What is going on? And you don't, you don't market in in magazines. You don't market in newspapers. We don't hear you on the radio. We don't see billboards. How are you getting people to your place? They were so freaking curious. I even got emails from people saying, yo, we came to see you and you didn't show up. And that made me feel like crap. And I was like, all right. So then it, it became something where when we shine in the places that we're supposed to, other people benefit. And that's when it clicked that I was supposed to help people that the businesses that I create help people. And it, ever since then, I mean, I got into real estate, uh, I've got in my outsourcing agency now, my marketing agency, and it's just been a fun ride. Uh, you know, I'm very blessed to live the life that I do right now. And, you know, uh, for me, I'm not where I want to be. I don't think anybody is, but I'm always chasing. I'm always pursuing. And it's, it's fun. I can, I, I can honestly tell you that now at the age of 31 and actually for the last five years, the game hasn't been a struggle. It's been very fun. It's been very challenging and it's like, hmm, how do I want to create my life? And I feel a lot of people are trapped in whatever financial vehicle or vessel that they're in. Could be a job, could be school, could be a relationship, could be whatever. They're trapped in that thinking, in that paradigm, in that reality. And you really could do whatever it is that you want to do. It's true. Well, what are some of the questions that you feel like you can ask yourself when you're aiming to get out of that trap? One of the first questions. First thing you do, wake up, just like Steve Jobs says, do I want to do what I'm about to do today? If the answer to that question is no, several times, you ain't doing the right thing. Number two, if when they put me in the ground and if I continue living this life, would it be worth it? Would I have reached my entire potential? When they, when they put that body in the dirt, is that person reaching their potential or are they under their potential? Number three, how does this make the world a better place? Number four, if me being in this situation, whatever it is, relationship, friendship, life, lifestyle, work, job, career, business, whatever it is, does this make me absolutely happy? And if the answer to that question is anything but hell no, and I totally get working jobs out of necessity, but if you're not doing something to get to that point, something's wrong. Very true. So, so true. And as you were going along that path, what do you feel like stands out, stands out really stands out for you that are some key takeaways? Yeah. So when I was 24, I had just opened up my second location in Dallas. We were doing very stuff. So we just got voted best of spray tan of D magazine, which is like the it magazine in Dallas, like, you know, free advertising, everything is going great. And then I realized, man, this is cool. 
but I want to, I want to get out of Dallas. I'm from, I'm from Fort Worth, Dallas. Yeah. Okay. You know, I don't know. I want to go live in different places. And, you know, I was in a, a relationship where travel wasn't a possibility. So I ended up getting out of that relationship. I ended up closing down my businesses, just completely dissolved. And one day just like, Hey, we're done. So I put all this effort and energy into this. And because I had a lot of success, I was like, Oh, I'll just start a new business and it'll be just as successful. Like, no worries. Like it's piece of cake. Cause that's a frame that I was in. So I shut it all down. I go, I moved down to Austin, Texas. Uh, I, I, I sleep on a friend's couch for a few days until I get all situated. And then I pick up the newspaper. It says Austin, Texas real estate's booming. Cool. I could probably sell some real estate. I sell cell phones, get into real estate. Uh, you know, my first year I did a hundred transactions as a, as a real estate agent. Most of them were leases, but you know, that's a pretty dang big feat. And I knew that I was good at that. So for me, uh, that, that process was creating it, sustaining it, scaling it and having the choice to continue it. And in my experience, most businesses take about two to five years to actually hit that point where things are good, you know? And I, one of the things that frustrates me is that people come into business and they're like, oh, I've been doing this for eight months or a year or 18 months, 15 months. And I'm not, I'm not where I want to be. Well, no shit. You know, you haven't put the, the minutes in the game yet. Do you feel like that, especially with millennials? Because we, you know, we're both millennials. I, I feel like that's part of our generation. Well, especially with the next generation coming up, like Gen Z. I definitely feel there's this ingrained almost impatience or, being, or also being really hard on ourselves. Like I, I've seen, and then we get on Instagram or Facebook, Twitter, you know, and we see like all these super or supposedly super fast success stories. And then we may compare ourselves to them, which most of them may be probably not even true. So we're comparing ourselves to something that's false and we start being really hard on ourselves. And like, how, how will you suggest like to deal with that or some advice for, so first, for our people. <laughs> the first thing I got to make a distinction between millennials and snowflake millennials. I mm. think true millennials are the last generation who grew up outside, playing outside and had technology. You know, I think they had that, they were that last generation that had the both. And those people know what it's like to work hard and to get it, to do those things. The snowflake millennials are the ones who get offended and are like, you're wearing a Trump hat. I, I automatically assume a million things about you or you're wearing a Bernie shirt. I automatically assume a billion things about you or you're not posting on the Me Too movement. You don't support women. You know, just like all these people get easily offended for, for nothing, for absolutely nothing. I think that's a snowflake millennial. And I think that person is used to instant gratification. They've been very coddled. Uh, we live in a time right now where resources, specifically in America, are abundant like crazy. No one's had it hard really for the last, you know, mostly, generally speaking, for the last maybe 70 or since the last maybe 30 or 40 years in America compared to the rest of the world. It's been freaking luxury all over the place. Even if you're in the hood in America right now, you got Wi-Fi. You got AC. You got electricity, man. You got a car probably. If not, you got a smartphone. You got a freaking laptop in your hand. Don't tell me. True. Don't tell me you're struggling. You just ain't resourceful enough. So it's, it's so true. I think, well, unless you've lived in another country, a lot of times I don't feel like you really realize how, how even if you're in the hood, yeah, you, you are living, living the high life to some extent. You have enough resources to build on. I completely agree. For sure. So 
you know, when so, and when someone goes onto something like Instagram, and by the way, man, I freaking hate Instagram because everybody posts their, and myself too, the best parts of our lives, we post it up there. And people, when they're in, the, in their lowest moments, they're looking at other people in their highest moments. And so people who see, you know, people online, to them, it may look like it's overnight. And some people might be looking at me and being like, man, this guy, oh, who, who's this guy to tell me, Mr. World Traveler, and he's got all these businesses and all these experiences and all this, this and this. You didn't realize I've been in the game for 11 years. You know, I got stripes. I can do this kind of stuff. You can take everything away from me today. Tomorrow, I'd be, I know exactly what to do. I've got the skill. I've got the knowledge. I've got the experience. So, you know, don't ever compare what you see someone's highlights from because you never see what's underneath the surface. Just like that glacier analogy. You just see the top. You don't ever see the bottom. You never see none of that kind of stuff. And at the end of the day, at the end of the day, why the hell would you compare yourself to anybody else? How does that serve you? What joy does that bring you? What, what, what emotion, what physical feelings does jealousy and envy put into your body? Ain't nothing good. Ain't nothing good for damn sure. And it starts to poison your thoughts. And now you're comparing yourself with something that, you have no frame of reference from that may not even serve you. I used to want to, you know, be, you know, I used to idolize a bunch of people, you know, and be, I want to be just like them. I want to be just like them. But then I started getting stuff that they got and I was like, man, this sucks. I don't want this. <laughs> this ain't for me. And that's when I realized, like I started this thing off with everybody's in their own journey. So take what you like, take what you don't and just apply it to your life. Because at the end of the day, no, some, some, you know, so if you're a girl, Lots of girls that I date are always on Instagram comparing themselves to other girls. I don't look like her, you know, oh my God, this is she, blah, blah, blah. If you're a guy, I don't have this car. I'm not dating these girls. I'm not traveling there. When I fly, I don't fly, you know, private jets or first class or, you know, international or anything like that. We all have these things that we're all like, oh my, why, 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 why? But it's just like, how does that serve you? Why can't you, why can't you, instead of envy and be jealous, why can't you be appreciative and be like, oh, that's a possibility. Now, is that a possibility for me? Really ask yourself. So if you're a girl and you see a girl with a, a Kim Kardashian booty, do you really want to be in the gym, you know, what, 12 hours a week? Do you really want to eat the foods that it takes to grow that? Or do you want to even pay for the surgery? Because most of these girls got fake booties. If you're mm. a guy. If you're a guy, do you really want to go to your bank account, pull out your last $10,000, flash it on Instagram, and then put it back in the bank? Do you really want to do that? Do you really want to take the money that you could invest into your business, personal development, and buy a Lambo just because girls will, or, or whatever you're into might find you more attractive. Like, do you really want to do that? Does that freaking serve you? Does that keep you up the mountain or does it make you slide down and tumble down? For some people it might, some people maybe need that. I don't know. I'm not you. Just ask yourself those questions. Totally. Yeah. That's so super true. I, I completely agree with you. Is that a good feeling? Like, does that give you full body resonance and, and chills and like, okay, am I going to, am I going to feel good when I'm driving that Lambo? Am I going to still have money in the bank? Do I have enough money coming in? <laughs> it's not going to make me feel stressed and add more stress to my life. Is this like, uh, yeah, a lot of, a lot of those questions, is that going to serve me? And then like, what's the intention of why I even want this? What, yeah, right. Is it for you? Is it for you? Is it for other people? Hey, validate me. Validate me. Girls on Instagram taking pictures. Validate me. Guys on Instagram taking pictures of their stuff. Validate me. Validate me. Validate me. Validate. Everyone's running around trying to validate each other or seek validation from everybody else. Or you should just validate yourself. Exactly. That's the best way and to have an internal understand 
uh, I was having this discussion or in one of the Q&A calls in the Empire Life Academy that it was like, you know, maybe you don't need anything else externally right now. Maybe the real focus is coming back internally and saying, what do I already have? What are the resources I already have? Because when we start to focus completely externally, we, we think we always need something else. Like you said, like the Lambo, or I need to take that one more course. I need to go back and I need an MBA before I can call myself a business guru or be a business coach. I need this other program. I have to work with this specific coach and invest, you know, 10K in their program. Maybe, just maybe, we already have everything we need and we can start from there. Start implementing some kind of action today. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, so I work with a life coach every week. Her name is Clee Stacy. Shout out to my girl, Clee Money. You can find her everywhere at Clee Stacy. That's S-T-A-C-Y. I don't get shout out to people like that, but I literally work with her every week and I have for the last year and a half. She's augmented my life. And one of the first things that we really came up to, uh, came about was uh, self-love. You know, I came to her trying to increase my business and she's talking about self-love. I'm like, yo, Klee, this ain't going to work out. <laughs> I don't know what, you, what kind of woo-woo stuff you're trying to get me on. But then I, she showed me, she enlightened me that if you are satisfied with yourself, if you feel worthy, if you already feel like you're enough, wherever you show up, relationships, friendships, businesses, you will automatically succeed because you don't need, you don't need anything from that. You only wish to contribute. You only wish to share. And that was a total game changer for me. And I'm like, all right, cool. So yeah, it's, it's been really helpful. And then to your point, I know you have your, your Empire Life Academy and, and you even said some people may or may not need something like that. Some people do, some people need that kind of place. So if you guys are listening to this and you're like, man, I like Allison, I like the people she brings on, you may want to further explore getting into her Empire Life Academy because I know me personally, when I surround myself around people that are on the same mission, not kind of, sort of, not 80% in and not working Monday through Friday until Friday night and Saturday night and Sunday when they're out fucking around doing what they're not supposed to be doing, you know, and trying to bring you down with them. I know what it's like to live in both worlds. And when I'm in the world where everyone's saying, no, we are one unit, we are linked up, we're locking arms, we're locking shields, we're headed this way. If you ain't coming this way, that's fine. You don't got to come. But if you're headed this way, we need you 100% committed. And to be around that kind of intensity on a regular, weekly, daily basis, I know, at least for me personally, and the people that I mentor, the people that I work with, the other masterminds that I contribute to, I know that they get to their goals a lot faster than being around people that are you know, kind of iffy, kind of halfway in. You don't, want, you don't want those 50, 50 people in your life. I would rather have somebody absolutely on the other side of the polar spectrum from me than to be 50, 50. Amen, amen. I've been seeing a huge acceleration as well, a lot faster acceleration within the academy as opposed to one-on-one consulting or like then being in this collaborative model where we're all coming together and giving our feedback and we're all on the same journey and rising together. Like you said, amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. (laughs) 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 So So the talented Mr. Salas, before we hop off, can you please give us like one to three super key nuggets, gold, super gold that are coming up for you that you feel like the Empire Life community really needs to hear? So I love the name Empire Life. I just love it. I, I wish I could steal it. If I'm going to check if it's copywritten. If it's not, I'm going to copyright it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> totally kidding. Totally kidding. Uh, 
you know, so speaking of empire and going leading with that, anytime somebody tells me they want to build an empire, I always ask them, what's your cash cow like? They're like, what you mean, what's your cash cow? It's like, where's your milk coming from? You know, how are you getting fed? And they're like, oh, well, I, I got this side hustle here and I'm doing this. I got an e-commerce, I'm drop shipping, I'm coaching, um, you know, doing fulfilled by Amazon. Um, I'm selling stuff on Craigslist on the, from garage sales and eBay. And, you know, I got a, I got a part-time job here, another part-time job there. And I'm like, man, that's, that's kind of a lot. You want, for me, my suggestion is you want to get one revenue stream or your cash cow and you want to beef up that cash cow and get them real fat. Here's why. Once that cash cow is real fat, now you can live off of the milk and live well, and you can start to add honey. You can start to add crops. You can start to add more resources to your empire. Or if that cash cow was really that fat, you could take it to slaughter. Shout out to my vegans. You can slaughter that cash cow <laughs> and you can live off of that until you maybe buy an existing empire and get into something like that. Regardless, that one cash cow is the foundation of everything. So if you're at the point where you're, you've made a decision, not you've been thinking about it or you've been listening to Allison's podcast or Frank's podcast or Gary Vee or all these other people and you've been seeing in their ads and you're like, oh, I wish I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. I'm going to have a chat button. I'm going to do a social media and I'm going to go ahead and be a coach. I'm going to be a travel influencer. I'm going to be doing this. Like, don't freaking decide what is your cash cow. What is that? Once you decide what that cash cow is, beef it up. Now the game opens up to you. Now you can start to get into different things. And so for me, the way that I play the game, my two cash cows right now are the marketing agency, my outsourcing agency, the profits, the revenues that I generate from that. I don't take anything of it. I live very, very humbly. Now I do have some nice expenses and my expenses, you know, for some might be extravagant, but for me, I, I feel like I live very humbly. I don't buy watches. I don't, you know, do those kinds of things uh, because I take that money and I put it into real estate. And I specifically put it into international vacation rentals. Here's why. In the markets that I invest, I'm getting cash flow two ways. First is the yearly cash flow for my property. By the way, I can also stay there for free. Secondly is in those markets, they're so hot that the yearly appreciation, the actual value of the physical real estate property, the land and the building go up higher than normal in a local stabilized market. So I'm getting yearly cash flow, and every year my property is worth more. So within five years, I have five years of cash flow and I have five years of appreciation. So I have the choice, I have the option to slaughter that cash cow and sell it for that five years appreciation. I've already lived off of it for five years, and now you get into the next deal and the next one and the next one. Anytime I get a paycheck, 90% goes to a place where I can't even touch it. You heard me right. Nine zero, ninety percent. The other ten percent I use to pay off my expenses, my lifestyle, and just kind of chill. You know, pizza. Oh, I don't. I you know I don't got to worry about getting the pizza on Friday night. And that that's where I would really advise people. And you know that that's kind of a a big long term strategy. The, I do want to really impart somebody with this. So there's, if you're an entrepreneur or you're calling yourself an entrepreneur but you own a job. So I, I fooled myself as a residential realtor that I was an entrepreneur. I wasn't an entrepreneur. I was a realtor. I had a job. I could control my own schedule like a lot of entrepreneurs these days can. And if I stopped working, money stopped coming in. I was trading my time for dollars. No matter how many systems in, that I had in place, I still traded my time for dollars. On the flip side, when I 
went from a, 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 a self-employed entrepreneur to a business owner. I own a system. That system, whether I show up, whether I'm sick, whether I'm sleeping or not, is still making money. That's a cash cow that I could slaughter or continue to feed to grow up. So if, you, if you're really into that, I recommend Mr. Robert Kiyosaki's uh, follow-up book to Rich Dad Poor Dad, which most people have heard about or read about. But the follow-up book to that that most people don't get into is The Cash Flow Quadrant. You know, that's a very, very crucial book that really breaks this down. How you go from an employee to being self-employed to being a business owner to being an investor. And I'm very blessed to be able to say that I am a business owner and an investor. And that's the, a great way to play the game. So if you're, if you're looking at me being like, oh, this guy and his freaking lifestyle, you know, blah, blah, blah. If you, if you feel like you're kind of hating on it a little bit, but you kind of want it secretly, because I know you do, you got to be a business owner and you got to be an investor. What up? What up? Exactly. I love it. And how can people get in touch with you, Frank? What's the best way? So if you are out and about and you see me, the best way to get a hold of me is just to get me with a dab, just like that. <laughs> if you hit me with a dab, look, check this out. I got my dab shirt on right now. <laughs> if you hit me with a dab, I'm gonna dab you back. I'm gonna know you. I know you. I'm gonna know that you know. When you know, you know, and I'm gonna dab you back. So if we're in person, hit me with the dab. Then we're not in person. You can follow me everywhere on social media at Talented Mr. Salas. That's Talented M R S A L A S. You go to my website, talentedmrsalas.com. I'm most active on my Instagram and my Facebook page. So you can see all my adventures. I, you can see like all the crazy things that I do. So uh, it's funny. I have so much resources now that I can kind of spend my time amusing myself and I love to amuse myself. So, and I also love to enjoy nice cigars, nice wines, nice travel experiences. I really enjoy life for me. Uh, I'm what I, I'm what you call a hedonistic entrepreneur. I seek pleasure every single day constantly which is fun as i build and grow and beef up these cash cows so if you what i'm saying if you're picking up what i'm putting down reach out to me throw me a dab and by the way i can't leave the podcast without giving a shout out to my girl allison and the empire life podcast if you haven't listened to the past episodes make sure you go back there and listen and don't just like kind of have them on like people like myself will share generously how we got to what it is we're doing and if you want to go to the next steps, her mastermind is top notch. If this is just the stuff that you get for free, imagine what you get when you swipe that little credit card. Amen. Thank you, Frank. You're very welcome. <laughs>